0: Radio Network. And now, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. We have talked about California and Massachusetts banning menthol cigarettes. I would say that that's just an attack on minorities and women. I mean, we know that approximately 48% of Hispanic adults who smoke use menthol cigarettes as compared to 30% of non-Hispanic white adults. Women who smoke are more likely to use menthol cigarettes, 44%, than men who smoke, which is only 35%. Um, Hispanic adults, you know, they, by race, uh, non-Hispanic white adults, 13.3%, non-Hispanic black adults, 14.4%, Hispanic adults, 8%, and non-Hispanic Asian adults, so weird how they break everything down, 8%. Now, An overwhelming percentage of African American black people smoke menthol cigarettes compared with 30% of white smokers. So when you start banning menthol cigarettes, you're attacking minorities. And that to me is a problem. Uh, I don't think it's a problem for anyone else, apparently, but it's just another way that we want to divide the country even more. I know that New Zealand uh, just passed a law that states that if you were born on or after January 1st, 2009, you can no longer buy cigarettes in New Zealand. Wait, what? Yes, it isn't just a lifetime ban on youth smoking. It's intended to eventually wipe out tobacco smoking in New Zealand altogether. And you know, I guess smoking is not so popular in New Zealand anyway. Uh, more adults vape than smoke cigarettes as of last month, according to the government. So they'll be coming for your vape pens very, very soon. So if you still smoke and you still enjoy a cigarette, and man, I wish I did. Uh, I know, stop. I'm glad I don't smoke anymore. I haven't smoked for I don't know however long it's been, three, four years. Uh, I still chew some nicotine gum, which I'm now told is terrible as well. But no more cigarettes. I have not smoked at all. And I do miss them. We've talked about that before, man. There are times when I just want to fire one up. I've stopped at a red light. (laughs) I've talked about it before. But if I'm stopped at a red light and I look to the left of me, and somebody's smoking, and I look to the right of me, and somebody's smoking. I mean, there I am, stuck in the middle without a cigarette again. And I know it's terrible. There are times when I see people smoking, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? But there are other times when I see people smoking, and I'm like, oh, that looks so good. So I will just say that perhaps you need to smoke them while you got them. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I see where amateur astronomers have been challenged to spot an asteroid for Christmas. The asteroid 2015RN35, what a great name, uh, about the size of, I don't know, the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's safely going to pass Earth on Thursday, is it? So tomorrow, if you're listening live, today is the 14th of December, 2022. So the 15th, Thursday of December, is when it's going to pass. So I don't know. It's not Christmas yet. I know we're in the Christmas season, but anyway, we're calling it the Christmas asteroid. So they're hoping that amateur astronomers will be able to you know, look at it and point it out. They claim that at 3.12 a.m., the asteroid two zero one five R and three five will come its closest to our planet, passing within around four hundred and thirty thousand miles, which is just under the distance to the moon and back. So they wanna challenge uh challenge you to check out the Christmas asteroid and they keep saying hey you should use the asteroid toolkit Oh uh, okay because why well little is known about the asteroid and we want you to help us out (laughs) okay now it will be visible uh between the day of its close approach which is tomorrow until monday december 19th 2022 It has a visual magnitude of around 14, similar to that of Pluto, meaning it should only be viewable with telescopes that are 30 centimeters, which is the 11.8 inches, and larger. So it isn't well known, and we don't know what it's made of, or precisely how big it is, or if it's spinning on its axis or even know its orbit particularly well. But don't worry about it. We know it's gonna miss the planet. So shut up, okay? We are interested and we want you to you know look at it and tell us about this near Earth object for our studies, please. So then I got me thinking, well, what is the <laughs> near Earth object toolkit? So here you go. Here's your near Earth object toolkit. The NEO Toolkit, a new set of astronomical tools designed by the NEO Coordination Center of ESA's Planetary Defense Office. It's currently composed of four complementary tools, each one focused on a specific goal. With these tools, users will be able to obtain high accuracy, precisely locating asteroids and their orbits in the night sky or the solar system or simulating the close approach of the, of those objects that may come closest to earth so number one you need an orbit visualization tool <laughs> so you need a telescope okay uh, number two flyby visualization tool so that produces high-precision simulations of near-Earth objects in their close approach to Earth. You need a sky chart display tool, which will locate the path in the sky followed by your objects of interest as observed from any coordinates in the world. And you need an observation planning tool that will calculate observational conditions and precise ephemerides. 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 Yeah, that's what I said. Ephemerides. That's what I said. Stop saying it. Okay. So you'll be precise with the. Ephemerides and for those of you wondering what does that even mean well it's a book of planetary positions that lists where the planets will be in the zodiac in the past present or future in the past it would use it was used by astrologers in order to calculate birth charts by hand but these days it's mainly useful for studying planetary transits and cycles so there you have it your neo toolkit good luck Oh, as long as we're in space. Uh, When the rover Perseverance landed on Mars, it was equipped with the first working microphone on the planet's surface. Scientists have used it to make the first ever audio recording of an extraterrestrial whirlwind. Nice. So the microphone is not on continuously. It records for about three minutes every couple of days. Getting the whirlwind recording uh, was lucky. Uh, though not necessarily unexpected, according to the scientists. In the uh, Jezero crater where Perseverance landed, the team has observed evidence of nearly 100 dust devils, tiny tornadoes of dust and grit since, uh, since the rovers landed. This is the first time that the microphone was on when one passed over the rover. You'd think that maybe they were looking and go, hey, is that a dust devil? Why don't you turn on the microphone? But no. No, 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 no. The sound recording of the Dust Devil, taken together with air pressure readings and time lapse photography, helps scientists understand the Martian atmosphere and weather. Wow. That. Wow. Right? Wow. (laughs) Makes me want to go to Mars. Right, Elon? Let's uh, let's hear the sound of a Martian dust devil again. Uh, See if it, you know, enhances your need to go to Mars, or want for that matter. Here we go. Wow, I feel like Anne Hae in the movie Volcano. Wow, now how bad do you want to go to Mars? I know, me too. Especially after uh, what, from what the Pope said. Um, the Pope, uh, when you go to mass, don't you want to be uplifted a little bit? I do. <laughs> you, know, you go to church, you want to be uplifted. That's what you're going for. Meh. Uh, the Pope uh, has warned of omens of even greater destruction and desolation. That's awesome! Thank you, Pope. You, you're happening. You're, you're, you're making me happy. So he was speaking at uh, at a mass and he offered a harrowing vision of the future, saying he has seen signs of an even darker time ahead for humanity. Yay! He has a dire vision. Omens. Oh, that's great. Now, the Mass was commemorating the feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, which fell on Monday. It commemorates the appearance of the Virgin Mary to a young man, St. Juan Diego, in 1531 in Mexico City. That day is a national holiday in Mexico. But uh, don't worry about, uh, you know, we've got wars... We've got the uh, Russian conflict in Ukraine. We've got the uh, rising cost of living, poverty, famine, an international energy crisis. Don't worry about all that because the Pope said he has a vision that things will get worse. <laughs> That's great. In his homily, the Pontiff said, It is a bitter time, filled with the rumbling of war, growing injustice, famine, poverty, and suffering. But at this bleak and disconcerting time, there are omens of even greater destruction and desolation. Oh. Okay. Uh, Really uplifting so far. He added that at Christmas, God's divine love and his coming down to us tell us that this too is a propitious time of salvation in which the Lord, through the Virgin Mother, continues to give us his Son. He urged the Vatican congregation to get involved with each other without delay, to go out to meet our brothers and sisters who have been forgotten and discarded by our consumerist and indifferent societies. Yeah, the all you people that are working making money you know for the consumerist indifferent society that he speaks of uh go out and help the homeless people would you uh go out and help the migrants because you are people who have been uh working for the consumerist and indifferent societies man i love uplifting masses and that's what you go to church for is to be uplifted and praise the lord don't you But instead, you get, look, uh, there are omens of even greater destruction and desolation. He did offer to help you out, though. Go out and help some of those people that have been discarded, you consumerist and indifferent society member. (laughs) Thanks, Pope. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> so congratulations to Adam Sandler. Yes, Adam Sandler, 56 years old now. He is uh, poised to receive one of the country's top comedy awards in front of a Washington crowd he will be the twenty fourth winner of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. That's what the Kennedy Senator and Kennedy the Kennedy Center announced. Uh, the award from the DC Performing Arts Institution uh, recognizes individuals who have had an impact on American society in ways similar to the distinguished nineteenth century novelist and essayist samuel clemens (laughs) see what they did there because he's best known as mark twain (laughs) adam has entertained audiences for over three decades with his films music and his tenure as a fan favorite cast member on saturday night live kennedy senator president deborah rutter said in a statement announcing this election adam has created characters that have made us laugh cry and cry from laughing it's actually, I mean, we have laughed pretty hard at a lot of his movies. Uh, past recipients of the Mark Twain Prize include John Stewart, Dave Chappelle, Julia Louise Dreyfus, David Letterman, Bill Murray, and Jay Leno. I love this, among others. I guess we could name all 24. I mean, there's been some great winners. Richard Pryor was, uh, was there. Uh, Jonathan Winters, Carl Reiner, Whoopi Goldberg, Bob Newhart, Lily Tomlin, Lauren Michaels, Steve Martin, Neil Simon, Billy Crystal, George Carlin, Bill Cosby—maybe that's why they didn't want to name them all. Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, Ellen DeGeneres, Carol Burnett, Jay Leno, Eddie Murphy, Bill Murray, David Letterman, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Dave Chappelle, John Stewart, and now Adam Sandler. Congratulations to Adam and all the others for the Mark Twain. What's the full title of the award? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you get the Mark Twain Award. Here you go. Get out there. Go go make us laugh for a little while. It's the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Okay, congratulations. Wow, as long as we're congratulating people, let's congratulate Michael Jordan. Uh, The NBA's Most Valuable Player Trophy is now named after Michael Jordan. The new Michael Jordan Trophy was one of six renamed trophies unveiled by the NBA on Tuesday? Oh wow! Okay, they they changed the whole thing up. Jordan won five MVP awards in his storied career. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with six. Oh wow! Why isn't the the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award? Huh? Well, I mean, either one of those, but I mean, Michael. Hello, Michael. it's I, weird. That's that's interesting that they didn't give it to Kareem Abdul. Anyway. Uh, our new collection of trophies celebrates some of the greatest and most impactful players in the history of the NBA. Uh, that's Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Go talk to China. As we recognize the league's top performers each season, we pay tribute to the legends who embody these prestigious awards. Okay. So we have the uh, creation of the Jerry West trophy for the player considered the most clutch of the season. The clutch of player of the year award. All right. Well, that's the Jerry West trophy. Uh, Hakeem Elijahwan trophy for defensive player of the year. Wilt Chamberlain trophy for rookie of the year. John Havlicek trophy for sixth man of the year. And George McCann trophy for the most improved player of the year. Well, congratulations. Uh, they thought they were going to name it uh, after Kobe Bryant, but uh-uh, nope. And uh, let's see. Uh, the NBA Social Justice Award is named after Abdul-Jabbar. There you go. You can't let Kareem go. Man, no way. <laughs> and you've got uh, Bill Russell and Kobe What are we doing with those guys? We'll have to come up with some award for them. Anyway, congratulations to all those guys, including uh, Michael for the NBA MVP Trophy of the Year, the Michael Jordan Trophy. So yesterday we talked about... Twitter having a big yard sale going on. You can go back and listen to the show. We talked about uh, Elon having a yard sale. You know, drumming up some cash. You got to have a little walking around money. Uh, So he's selling some things from the Twitter headquarters. Well, now we know why. I thought maybe he just needs a little walking around cash. But apparently Twitter has not paid rent for its San Francisco headquarters or its other global offices in in recent weeks. Oh, and it says here, as it tries to trim costs... Well, I mean, you still have to pay rent for the spaces. So I guess he's maybe waiting to get kicked out of some of the other places. Or he's going to move and just pay what he has to. Not sure. And maybe he has paid rent. And they're just, you know, he is public enemy number one. So anything that we can write bad about Elon Musk, we'll write bad about Elon Musk. So we'll see what's come of that. And maybe we have to wait until after the yard sale first part of January for him to pay rent because he's was hoping for a little walking around money but he's probably not going to get enough walking around money if he has to take that yard sale money and pay the rent but you never never know. remember you can always follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher radio. You can always email the show anytime chewing the fat at the uh, You can uh, follow my YouTube channel chewing the Fat with uh, Jeff Fisher. And you can always order a cameo at JeffyJFR on Cameo. That costs money, though. That's not free. Okay? I know. I know. This is Subscribing to this podcast, free. Uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel, free. Follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR, free. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, free. Need to order a cameo at JeffyJFR? Costs you a couple of bucks. I'm sorry about it. That's just the way life is. Okay. All right. Good. Also, oh, sad news, sad news from HBO max Westworld and the nevers are being removed from HBO max. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, apparently the shows have been canceled and HBO max is going to go ahead and pull them, get them out of here. Now the nevers, I don't even think they did the last half of their first season. I watched a few of the first episodes of the uh, The Nevers, and it was okay. Uh, you know, I can understand why that show didn't make the cut, but uh, it was, you know, it was it was okay. Westworld was a huge show for them, although I think they lost their way uh, maybe the last couple of seasons. But they're going to pull the plug, take them down from HBO Max, and they're guessing that perhaps. Uh You know, they're going to go to a streaming platform with ads. Go to another free streaming platform with ads. Who knows? But if you wanted to watch Westworld and or The Nevers on HBO Max, they're going away soon. So, uh, it says here the show is leaving the streaming service just over a month after it was canceled. So maybe they're already pulled. I don't know. It doesn't say... Uh, It says uh, it's been canceled and will be removed from the streaming platform before. Oh, that was the Nevers. Yeah. Okay. So they're pulling the plug, and there's no telling when. So if you go to HBO Max and they're not there, yeah. Good luck. God bless. Sometimes I just go, huh, huh. And this is a story that makes me go, huh. So apparently the U.S. faces a bomb-sniffing dog shortage. Huh. According to this, the pandemic has exasperated an already short supply of specially bred canines that detect explosives. Huh. Huh. So humans have relied on dogs you know, for centuries, and they're great, and they can detect all kinds of things from drugs and bodies and diseases. But I guess over the last few years, we've faced a shortage of canines trained to sniff out bombs, and it's an issue that got a lot worse during the pandemic so the executive director of Penn vet working dog center at the university of pennsylvania and man do i love the Penn vet working dog center at the university of pennsylvania cindy otto has been warning of this shortage since at least 2016 she's been screaming it from the mountaintops so she believes that you know she said we rely heavily on procurement of dogs from other countries now i would like to just stop there for a moment and say why but okay uh, she testified before Homeland Security Committee six years ago uh, saying by outsourcing our national security requirements, we give up control of the type of dogs, the health of the dogs, and the early training of the dogs. We are also at risk of for supply interruption due to politics, disaster, or disease. This was in 2016. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Politics, disaster, or disease in there. Huh. Now, the Federal Government employs 5,159 dogs as of February 2022. And it performs tasks that range from detective explosives on trains to sniffing out disease. 7% of these dogs come from the United States. That is amazing. And the rest are mostly imported from Europe. That's Those numbers are from the American Kennel Club. Uh, When the pandemic hit, dogs were a hard-to-find commodity. Yeah, because dogs just disappeared, right? They didn't go anywhere. (laughs) I'm so stupid. Okay, so I know that, you know, the canine nose is the best technology. This is a promo for, you know, dogs and how good they are, but I got it. That's what we're using them for, right? So, you know, with the global crisis, that uh, really put a cringe on how they do it. Estimates put the dog nose anywhere from 10 to 100,000 times more sensitive than humans. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. They're great. I know. That's all. I, I, I'm all for it. I got no problem with that. So, um, dogs are not the only animals with a superior sense of smell. Okay, then. We could use other animals. Let's see who we have. We have jackals. I don't know that we want to use jackals. We can use rats. I mean, we do use rats to find some bombs already and elephants <laughs> that'd be awesome that would be awesome to have an elephant smelling luggage at the airport but probably not going to happen It <laughs> would just be fun to see so according to the Transportation Security Administration, a passenger screening dog and handler can cost about $46,000. Okay, I guess that's just for training or whatever. I mean, you're not paying the person to be with the dog just forty-six dollars a year, are you? That seems a little low. Uh, one solution experts propose to deal with the shortage is to increase the number of trained dogs bred in the US programs. Uh you think? I mean, I think we're we're way behind the eight bull on this. What why are we why are we even saying, you know, we should train uh more dogs bred in the US? We should already be doing that. That is just ridiculous that we're not doing that. And then they talk about this uh Auburn dog at Auburn University is working towards making that a reality by, you know, training dogs bred here in the U.S. Well, get to it. What are we doing? oh there's not yet a roadmap to complete a solution to domestic sourcing for detection dogs. Well, make one. You call. You know what? Email me chewingthefatattheblaze.com and I'll help you lay out a roadmap on how to get trained dogs bred in the u.s i mean come on now (sighs) really agonizing now really all i want is to have (laughs) all i want is to have drug sniffing elephants at the airport That's all i want okay so what is going on in manitowoc wisconsin uh it's right across the water if you uh this is michigan and manitowoc wisconsin is right across there right across lake michigan right there anyway what is happening in manitowoc all right so we have a, sto- a couple of stories out of manitowoc and you don't normally get big news uh happening from manitowoc but here you go so a school had to close down because they discovered dozens of yellow sack spiders a middle school is back open now thankfully wow after the discovery of dozens of these yellow sack spiders now a couple people got bit (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, hello hello. if my kid comes home with a bite from a yellow sack spider we're thinking about burning that school down to the ground that's all I'm saying but they didn't burn it down they shut it down and they sent in the spider killers and uh, they apparently killed them I don't know (laughs) It doesn't kill you. Uh, you know, you become itchy and swollen, unless of course you're allergic, which thankfully these uh teacher and a student were not. Uh they apparently needed medical attention for swelling, itching and pain. Did they? But yes. That's just they did. It's what it says. All right, fine. So yellow sac spiders again are not lethal, uh, just painful but uh they called in the valley pest control i don't know if valley pest control is right there in downtown manitowoc or not but it's one of their big pest control companies probably has the contract with the school system it says uh hey we went in to eradicate the spiders and the crew killed close to 30 spiders in this school we don't even know where they came from they just showed up now they like to stay in you know warm places so the rooms that they showed up in were near the library so that's the only thing they know so they figured you know they i guess they're figuring that they were in the books and then they would spread out looking for things to eat and attacking people (laughs) from the library so i mean there's a movie for you if you want to make a movie yellow sack spiders in manitowoc one more story out of manitowoc which started my question what is going on in manitowoc okay so an 18 year old is charged with intentionally running down geese what is happening in manitowoc okay the teen is accused of driving into a flock of geese outside a church last august he's charged with felony mistreatment of animals okay stop it this is just silly all right So two witnesses told police they saw a pickup truck accelerate into the parking lot of Faith Evangelical Church. If you're in Manitowoc, you know where that is. And head for a flock of Canadian geese, which were, you know, obviously in the parking lot. Witnesses said the truck hit the flock, drove in circles, then left. Okay. Now, it would have been okay. Apparently, they found a dead Canadian goose. Now, do they know that he killed it? Maybe, I guess they can prove that. I don't know. Uh, the police officer reviewed the surveillance video from the church and the pickup's path of travel demonstrated the driver was intentionally driving where the most geese were present. And the entirety of the incident lasted 17 seconds, suggesting the sole purpose of entering the parking lot was to target the geese. No, the sole purpose of entering the parking lot was to spin through the geese and have them all fly up around the truck. what? He is. It's not... It's not rocket science, it's geese science. So they hunted down the truck and uh, the lady that owned it said her son drives it. And he said, yeah, I just got new back tires. I was trying to drift and I was just messing around. I was trying to scare the flock away. I didn't intend to kill a goose. He should have never said that. But. That was the deal, right? I mean, it was just an accident to kill the stupid goose. And there's a parking lot full of them. One down doesn't hurt anything. Sorry. Sorry about it, PETA. But uh, one down doesn't mean anything, okay? (laughs) Uh, Come on now. Now, he's pleaded not guilty uh, to the charges against him of mistreatment of animals, causing death, and misdemeanor disorderly conduct, and bail jumping... What? Online court records show he was out on bail for a domestic abuse-related disorderly conduct charge filed in 2021. His kid's only 18 years old. What is happening in Manitowoc? My gosh, this city has gone down. If he's found guilty for the charge of animal mistreatment causing death, three and a half years in prison, $10,000 fine. So, the court said, hey, you've got until December 16th, which is just a couple of days away, to work out an offer. And then the court date is set in January. So, they're trying to work out a deal. We'll see if this uh, if they work out some kind of deal in this. I hope they do. I mean, give, you know, does he need to go to jail for killing a goose? No. Plus, they're mean. <laughs> do they deserve to be killed by a truck? No. What well, did he mean to kill it by swimming through the church parking lot? No. But, you know, come on. It's just uh, one little old goose. I know, you can hate me for it. It's okay. When's the last time you listened to AM radio? I mean, I listen, I can tell you that I listen to AM radio when I'm in my car. I listen to AM and FM. I know that I have both in my car. I have an AM and FM radio in my car. And I also have a CD player in my car, which I never use. And I'll tell you why I never use my CD player in my car. Because when I purchased this car used uh, in the DVD player or the CD player was a CD. It doesn't come out. It's some it's some Spanish language CD. <laughs> I listen to it every so often. But I'm like, hey, I wonder what, oh yeah, that's right. That's still in there. And it just won't come out. And I'm not taking it out. I don't, I'm not listening to CDs anyway. I listen to my phone or AM FM radio. And so I, you know, AM, I've spent a lot of my years on AM radio. I love AM radio. Uh, And I guess apparently electric cars and AM radio don't mix. So EV manufacturers are booting AM radio from their vehicles, citing electromagnetic interference that causes pesky noise and static. So Tesla, Volvo, Porsche, Audi, some Volkswagen EVs already come without AM radio. Drivers of Ford's 2023 f 150 Lightning Electric Pickup, which I believe just won an award. Yes, it is Motor Trend's Truck of the Year. Congratulations! Uh, it's going to have to make do without uh, ideologically charged hot takes from their favorite talk show host on the morning commute. That's BS. That's not even. I don't even like the way that's written. That pisses me off because AM radio. Oh, uh, the hate for AM radio, man. technological solutions to make evs and am radio compatible do exist but car manufacturers might not bother to accommodate a minority of radio listeners just 20 percent of u.s radio audiences listen to am radio and they tend to be older oh that hurts uh if the trend continues growing ev adoption might spell the end of am radio they've been saying that for a long time They've been saying that for a long, long time. And they're really going after it now that Rush Limbaugh is gone. I mean, he has been he's passed away now for, is he, two years already? Oof. So uh, many AM stations are reliant on Rush Hour listeners. And while FM waves are more resistant to electromagnetic interference, switching could be too costly for many radio stations, especially those that serve a niche audience. Well, I mean, many... AM radio stations are simulcasts of their FM mothership these days. Anyway, so uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I know that uh, you know they, uh, there's plenty of people that you know believe that those cars should be have AM radios. I mean, some of the newer cars were they were talking about building without radios in them at all, and uh, they were like, eh, eh, eh. Uh, people still live, uh, people still listen to the radio. They may not. They may listen to AM radio less than they do FM radio, but people still do listen to the radio. Just uh, incredible. I mean, uh, I will say though, I was very disappointed uh, in my AM radio and FM radio dials this weekend when I couldn't find a football game. I wanted to listen to. Oh, I forget what game it was. Gosh darn it! We had to go running around. And I wanted to listen to the broadcast of the football game while I was you know, driving in my car. And there was not an AM station or an FM station carrying this game. What is happening to programming on the radio? Oh, Jeff, just look on your phone and find it on the app, and then you can listen to it that way. Well, it's funny you say that. Because all I did was bring up YouTube TV on my phone and just listen to the television broadcast but that's not what I wanted to do that's not what I wanted to do I wanted to listen to the radio broadcast okay so back off me and this whole thing with electric cars and radios uh, it, we need to we need to do something because this electric car thing is not gonna I mean they're just ramming it down our throats and I fear. I fear that soon we're going to realize what a mistake that really is. And, when we do, it may just be too late.